all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. Today, we're going to pause in the middle of this podcast series that, as you well know by now, has been centered around my new book, The Life You Long For, Learning to Live from a Heart of Rest. I should say that we're actually towards the very end of this podcast series, and I hope that you have enjoyed it as much as I have. But since this is the week of Mother's Day, I felt led to both celebrate my own mother, and I'll get to that here in a little bit, but also just to pause and come around the beauty that is the heart of a mother. I know from experience that Mother's Day can be a very difficult day for many people. Maybe it's because you're longing to be a mother in this season. Maybe you've experienced miscarriage or infertility or both. So this day can be really challenging on a heart level. I understand. I remember the season well that Nathan and I lost two babies back to back. And I was looking around at all my friends who were just popping out babies left and right and just marveling at how their bodies seemed to just work for some reason. And mine didn't. So, you know, you internally start asking all the questions. What's wrong with me? Why is it that some people just get to have babies and complain about all the ins and outs of being pregnant while I'm just over here wondering, what must that be like? I remember those feelings and thinking those thoughts. So I'm with you, and there's nothing wrong with you. And God has you, and He has a plan for your life and a trajectory that is going to bless you. And it's for your healing and your restoration and for fullness, and it will come to pass. Maybe you've lost your mom. I've had a lot of time lately to wonder about what that must feel like. As my mom's been fighting ovarian cancer for the past nine months, we've come face-to-face with that reality. And we've been trusting God at every turn and with every day here lately. So I'm holding that with you as well of what that must be like. Maybe your mom wasn't and even still isn't a safe place for you. Maybe you have to continually pray and set boundaries around your heart in order to be around her. Whatever it is, and wherever you are, when I say that phrase, the heart of a mother, I wonder if we might bump up against it today in a way that maybe we never have or have allowed ourselves to. Regardless of where we are, I know this. God is all about the restoration and the renewal of our hearts so that we might experience His life and healing in every facet of our lives. Whether it's a father wound that we carry, or a mother wound, or a traumatic experience that has caused distrust and pain, God can restore us. And here's how. We must be willing to deliver ourselves over to Him. Every wound, every facet, every season of our lives, surrendered in trust, before the God who made us. So why is it important that we come around this beauty of the heart of a mother? I happen to believe it's because the world desperately needs mothers. My kids used to love this movie called Mars Needs Moms. (laughs) I don't know if you remember it. I think it pretty much freaked Annie Rose out. She's our youngest, but the other two were older and they loved it for some reason. It's all about a little boy named Milo, and he's unappreciative of his mother. He doesn't want to follow the house rules. He doesn't want to do his chores. He doesn't want to eat his broccoli. And apparently some Martians came creeping around, because that's what Martians do. 
And they witness Milo's mom in all of her glory as she's trying to teach Milo what is right and to do his chores. And they decide, these Martians, that they need to abduct her and take her to Mars and extract her momness and inject it into the nanny bots that are expected to raise Martian children. We can learn from the Martians in this movie because they've allowed their society to become so advanced in technology that now Martian children are no longer being raised by families, but by these robots. So, hence, you know, they need Milo's mom and her momness. I have no idea why I'm telling you the synopsis of this movie, other than the fact that when I said the world needs mothers, it reminded me of Mars needs moms. Maybe it will help us remember that Earth needs moms. Or maybe there is a deeper spiritual tie. I've thought about this for like a nanosecond, but there's a lot of children on planet Earth that are no longer being raised by families. You've got people in your life, maybe even peers your own age, or maybe it's your kids' friends who were or are being raised by the equivalent of a nanny bot, and they need the essence of your momness to bless them. They need to be pulled into a family because set within the heart of a mother is the humble and unique authority and power to help name others, to help nurture others, and to help others navigate through this life that is getting harder and harder to navigate through. Today, I wanna encourage you right where you are. Even if you don't physically have children, God can still birth a mother's heart in you if you will allow Him to. Even if you don't have a mother who helped name you and nurture you or who was a navigator in this life that you look to, I have seen God heal and restore a mother's heart in women like you. With my own eyes, I've seen it. It's not easy or for the faint of heart, but I'll tell you this. It's all about looking to God first to be your namer, your nurturer, and your navigator. And in turn, this teaches us to love freely and fearlessly. As I look back on my own childhood, I have specific memories of ways that my mother, Susan, chose to name me, to nurture me, and to help me navigate through this life. If you read my book or even seen my recent post on Instagram, you know that there's a wall plaque. There was a wall plaque, and it still exists. Now it's in my home. But I let that wall plaque name me in a really special way as a kid. Every day on the way to my childhood bedroom, I passed a set of plaques hanging in the hallway of our home. Each plaque featured the name of a family member along with the meaning of our name, and there was a scripture underneath each one. Mine said, Christy, follower of Christ. Printed below that was Psalm 37.5 in the King James Version. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. I didn't understand what being a follower of Christ really meant, but seeing it printed there next to my name, it felt so important, essential to my life even. So I memorized it. I wrote it on everything, and it was so important to me. I truly let it name me. 
in my book, I share the story that I actually ended up coming to Jesus because of this wall plaque. One Sunday night at church while my dad was preaching, I wrote Psalm 37.5 out in my best seven-year-old handwriting, and I handed it to my mom. I'll never forget it. I still remember this so vividly. She took that little piece of paper, which I still have to this day, and I even posted it recently. But she turned it over in that moment, and she wrote back to me. And she wrote, yes, if Christy gives her life to Jesus and trusts in Him, He will show her the way to live. What a navigator. You've heard me say this before, but I took her word for it that night. I took her word for it for much of my life. That's the beauty of mothering and discipleship and being a spiritual mom even. Until children learn to fully take God at His word on their own, our words can keep pointing to His. I'm so grateful that my mother's words and her life, like the North Star, have guided me to Jesus and still do. I'm not sure that when my mom hung those wall plaques in our home that she was consciously thinking, I'm going to help spiritually name my kids now by hanging these plaques, but I do believe that she hung those with love and purpose, and that she knew that there was more there than just what meets the eye. Just like when the doctors told her for her entire pregnancy with me that she needed to prepare to have another boy. This was back before ultrasounds, and I'm not sure what all they did to make predictions, but the prediction was that my mom was going to be the mother of three boys rather than two boys and a girl. But my mom knew in her heart that I was a girl. She told the doctors all along that they were wrong. In fact, she got her girl name ready. I was actually going to be named Lauren Rochelle Hill. Yes, I would have been Lauren Hill. My mother's mother's name was Lurleen Rachel, so Lauren Rochelle was sort of a nod to her name, which I think is really beautiful. The only trouble was, when I was born, I came out, and my mom was like, she's not a Lauren. <laughs> she kept looking at me, and they were trying to call me Lauren, and it was like, this isn't working. She's not a Lauren. I think she didn't go with it because as a mother, God had given her the humble authority and beautiful power of getting to name me. And think about it. It was through my name and the meaning of my name on that wall plaque that I came to know Jesus just seven years later. Because of this, I did not take naming my kids lightly. Not that anyone does. I mean, okay, sometimes it feels like people might take it lightly. I'm not going to name any names, but you know what I'm saying because a few of those names just came to your mind right now. (laughs) I remember pouring over those huge baby name books before we looked on the internet for everything. But ultimately, our children's names came out of our experience and our encounters with the Lord and His people. And that's how I wanted my kids to be named. Our firstborn is named Noah because the name Noah means rest. And you can imagine all the reasons why that is so important to me. It was even before my farm table epiphany, but I believe that God was calling me towards rest. And part of naming Noah that was after I experienced those two miscarriages, I needed to know how to rest during that pregnancy, that the Lord had me, that He saw me, that He loved me, and that everything was going to be okay. His middle name is Luke, which means bringer of light or light giving. 
Our secondborn but first daughter was named after our prayers and longings to, you know, even conceive a child. It was amazing to get pregnant again. But then there was this great desire in me to mother a daughter. I loved getting to mother a son, but I so wanted to love and cherish and treasure a daughter. And we responded with joy in naming her Eliana, which means God has answered my prayers. Her middle name is Noel because her due date was originally December 26th, but she came December 18th, which still very much makes her a Christmas baby. She was born one week before Christmas, and Noel, of course, means Christmas or birthday of the Lord. And our third born, we knew that we loved the middle name Rose, and we had that. We were hanging on to it. It means, of course, what it is, a fragrant flower. I love that so much. We wanted to go with a double name because I've always loved it. I was holding out for it. I thought it was so endearing. So we were just looking for that first name. We almost went with Georgia Rose because my dad's mom's name was Georgia. But now we're glad we didn't because Georgia Rose actually ended up being a character in a couple of different pop or rock songs, one of them by the band One Direction, which just wasn't the kind of naming I was after as a mother. (laughs) So I'm glad I didn't go with that as much as I love the name Georgia, and I hope that one of my girls will name their girls that. But I'll never forget, I was probably around 37 weeks pregnant in the summer, and at that time I had a seven-year-old and a -a four-and-a-half-year-old, and the only thing that we could do to help those long, hot summer days pass was to head to a friend's swimming pool. And one afternoon we were swimming and she was a friend from church and her daughter was there and her daughter had a friend over. And this friend was just being so precious to my Ellie. Like I said before, Ellie was about four and a half and she kept trying to help her just not be afraid to try some new things at the pool, like go under the water, jump off the ledge. And she just kept being so kind and patient to Ellie. And at one point I looked over at her and I said, tell me your name again. And she looked at me and she said, my name is Annie. And it just shot right through me. And immediately, I just knew that was it. I whispered to myself, Annie Rose, that's it. And the even sweeter thing is that I knew that this Annie at the pool was the daughter of my friend, Terry Price, which is not easy to keep up with all of Terry's kids' names because she's a mother of nine. (laughs) But if you read my book, you know that Terry Price is a very special person. She was the lady that looked at me in the coffee shop that day when I asked her with tears rolling down my face, how do you do it all? And she answered me, which I now know was really the Holy Spirit's answer to me and to you. She said, you invite the glorious into the mundane. So it's only fitting that one of her daughters would be our Annie Rose's namesake. I remember calling Nathan right when I got in the car and I said, what do you think about Annie Rose? And he was like, I love it. And we laughed because we both love Father the Bride so much. It was only fitting that we would have a daughter named Annie, as in Annie Banks McKenzie. As you know, I also have a dog named George Banks from Father the Bride. (laughs) Later when I got home, I remember pulling out my trusty gigantic baby name book, and I realized that the name Annie derives from the name Hannah. And Hannah has long been one of my very favorite women in Scripture, and I've admired her as a mother and a worshiper, as someone who delivered when it came down to surrender and trust. And I love it that the name Hannah means grace. And honestly, without going into detail, 
Grace has been a word that I've needed to speak out over and over over my Annie Rose more than any other word, more than any other part of God's heart. You might remember that the song River of Grace was written in response to getting to just love and continue to name Annie Rose over the years. My friend Beth Redman, she's a mother of five. She's married to our friend Matt Redman, and you might know that they're English. And one of my favorite memories is getting to do life with the Redmonds in Atlanta for a time. They moved to help us plant the church there in Atlanta in 2008, and Beth was very much in the throes of having babies in those years. And Matt would joke that they wanted to have as many babies as they could in America so that maybe one of them would turn out to be the president of the United States. (laughs) But one of the sweetest things that I remember is Beth calling her children treasure. She, of course, has that soft-spoken English accent. She would say, oh, treasure, come here. Sometimes I try to mimic her to this day with my own kids and try my best at her accent, and it never really works. But the point is, she was naming them for who they really are. I love that. Psalm 127.3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. They truly are a treasure. It makes me want to spend an extra few minutes in my day not only praying for my kids, but asking the Lord, what do I need to call out of them today? How do I need to keep naming them? How can my Eliana know that she still represents how God has answered? How can I help her see how God is answering her? How can I help my son Noah, who will be 21 this summer, to truly live from rest, to actually be that light bearer in this dark, broken world from a place of rest? How can I keep speaking the matchless and endless grace of God over my Annie Rose? Who could you speak life over today? Maybe it's someone just a phone call or text or a coffee shop meetup away. See, whether you're a mother of multiple children or a spiritual mom to one, I do believe that God is about forming the heart of a mother inside of us as women. Maybe you've longed to have children, as I said before, or maybe you're an empty nester. No matter what stage of life you're in, My prayer is that you will ask yourself in these days, how can a mother's heart be formed in me beyond just the physical, but in the spiritual? I shared this a few weeks ago when I hosted Ellie Holcomb, but this daily reading on the Wild at Heart app, it caught my eye. It's from April 13th. This is John and Stacey Eldridge. It says, our enemy despises relationship. He hates love in any form fears its redemptive power. This is why God sent Eve. Women are needed to protect relationships, to bring them back to center stage where they belong. You might at times feel like the only one who cares, but as women, we must hang on to this, that because of the Trinity, relationship is the most important thing in the universe. Let us not give way or yield our intuitive sense of the importance of relationship for anything. It is here, starting in our circles of intimacy, that we are first and foremost women. It is here that we must first turn our gaze to ask, what does it look like to offer my beauty, my fierce devotion, and my love? 
It goes on to say, you have an irreplaceable role in your relationships. No one can be to the people in your life who you can be to them. No one can offer what you can offer. There are many things God calls us to do, but loving well always comes first. And don't your relationships feel opposed? Of course, they must be fought for. So the heart of a mother humbly and powerfully names, and she also fearlessly nurtures. Like a warrior, someone whose mothering instincts grow and mature and quicken the more that she's leaning on her God to nurture her. That's right. To nurture without fear is to know that we ourselves are nurtured by a Father who delights in us. I love James 1, 17 and 18. I've quoted this so many times in my adult life. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. The New Living Translation says, Out of all creation, we became His choice possession. There is a life-changing, reorienting sense of worth that comes from looking to the Father of lights. We don't hear that phrase too often, do we? The Father of lights. We hear about the Father of lies, who is Satan, the great enemy of our souls. But this verse here tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from our Father. When you look at this word Father here, listen to some of the words that surround it when you look into the original language. It says, the one who imparts life and is committed to it, bringing into being, to pass on the potential for likeness. And the word lights here, it points to the divine illumination that reveals and imparts life through Christ. So He imparts life physically, our Heavenly Father, but He also illuminates the path to ultimate life, who is Jesus Christ. It is in looking to this Father of lights that we are able to give away the provision that we know that we ourselves also need and long for. And that's what it looks like to be a mama and even a spiritual mama. You learn to give away the very provision that you yourself are longing for. And it seems that it's in that giving that you truly receive the fullness of what you're longing for. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous soul will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So this isn't just some sort of karma happening here. If you give the very nurture you long for away, you'll receive it. This is actually a spiritual principle at work, that God Himself will nurture and refresh you as you nurture and refresh others. I can't tell you how many times that I sat in the rocking chair and sang over my kids And then suddenly had this moment where I clued in to the fact that Jesus was speaking to me. And He was making my heart very aware in those moments that He was singing those very words over me as they were coming out of my mouth over my kids. 
even the times that I would lovingly discipline my kids. And I promise that wasn't every time. (laughs) And there have been many moments in my kids' lives where I had to ask for their forgiveness, even to this day, for the times that I had not love in my discipline towards them. But the times that I found myself in the grace of being able to lovingly discipline, the same thing would happen. And that suddenly I would hear the gentle and kind voice of God leading me to repentance over some things as I was leading my children to repentance. That's Romans 2.4. His kindness leads us to repentance. And I love it. It just points back to the fact that He imparts life and even His likeness in us. We're able to be kind and lead others to repentance even through our kindness, we can mother in that way. I know that as mothers that the work can feel endless, and we can even sometimes be tempted to withhold our love in order to preserve ourselves, to self-protect, because we fear what it might look like to be emptied out. And many times we sense that we're living on that edge of being empty and done in with nothing left to give, not realizing that we are literally hanging by a thread over that outer ring of our lives. This is why I wrote an entire book on what it looks like to emerge every day of our lives from the bullseye of God's love, to get back underneath His covering as our Father, to live from the fullness of His love so that we can fearlessly love. This is where we go to let the ache be quenched and contented. We don't have to mend anything here. We don't have to hold anything together. He is mending us here. He is holding us together. This is the supernatural life that God offers His own. It's where our strength to nurture comes from. Paul prayed this over us in Ephesians 3. He said, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. (laughs) Of course, I can't help but pause right here. Isn't that beautiful? He named us first. He is the original namer and nurturer. Verse 16 says that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that's us in this bullseye every day, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So yes, we might be emptied out and poured out each day, but there is a filling of the fullness of God that is available to us every day. This is the true capacity of the beloved, not to churn and crank out and strive and deliver, but to deliver ourselves over, to be filled to the brim with the fullness of God and the overflow of the original namer and nurturer spilling out onto those we get to help name and nurture. Those who know how to nurture well draw from this fullness every morning, knowing that there is abundance there. It's a well that never runs dry. Here we lack for nothing and can fearlessly love and nurture. 
Paul ends his prayer in verse 20 by saying, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To nurture fearlessly, we allow ourselves to first be loved and filled, and then we allow the glory of our lives to point to God alone. Trusting Him with the unfolding of us and attributing the glory of our lives to Him, we can love and nurture without fear and in total freedom, knowing that it's all about pointing to Jesus. The heart of a mother selflessly loves and names and fearlessly nurtures, and what this brings about is a trustworthiness to her life, so much that others look to her for navigation along their journey. I can't help but think of Proverbs 31, 26-31. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women have done excellently, he says, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. Here's that spiritual principle here at work again. Give her of the fruit of her hands. Provision comes back to us when we give it away. It even says that her works are praised in the gates. This simply means that the word gets out about her life. Her nurturing heart begins to be pursued by those who want to know what it is to walk in wisdom. In the same way that God's kindness leads us to repentance, her kindness reflects Him and is of Him, and it leads others to correct their course. They see that the navigation of her life leads to more life. And it's like they can breathe around her. They can be themselves. They don't have to perform or do the dance that the world does. They keep coming back to this journey she's on, and they say, help me know how to journey through life like you. Help me navigate through these days, through this culture that is getting harder and harder to find my way through. This world needs mothers. This world needs you. Mom, I know you're listening, and I want to thank you for being a namer, a nurturer, and a navigator. All the days I've known you, you have opened your mouth and wisdom has come out, and you have taught with kindness on your tongue. I'm sitting here, and I literally can't recall a time I've not seen this to be true of you. You have always looked well to the ways of your household. You do not eat the bread of idleness. Your children arise today and call you blessed. Your husband also, he praises you. (laughs) I think about all the times that dad hushes the entire room in front of us and all the grandkids and points out how beautiful you are. What a noble woman you are. 
and oh, how you've veered the Lord. Watching you navigate these past few months, talk about fearless when it comes to the things of this world, and setting your eyes on Jesus and fearing only the one who holds all your days in His hands, who knows every hair on your head, which right now is a lot less than what you're used to. And even that, you've carried so beautifully. I'll never forget you texting me and telling me that it was beginning to fall out and you were outside, and it was right when the mama birds were building their nest around your little cottage on the hill, and you texted me and said, well, at least the mama birds can use it for their nests. Yes, even this you've carried so beautifully. Because charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mom, I pray that all your days of naming and nurturing and navigating will come back over you and bless you in this season of your life, that you will be refreshed and nurtured because you have refreshed and nurtured. I stand in absolute gratitude that you are alive today. Thank you, God. (laughs) We continue to watch God sustain your life. I feel like we've witnessed a miracle already and how far you've come even since the beginning of March. I pray that your skin will reveal that the cancer has left your body in the name of Jesus. But even if it doesn't, I stand confident either way in my God, and I stand grateful for you that you helped name me Christy, follower of Christ that you helped nurture me physically, emotionally, and spiritually all my days. And you still are a navigator that I look to because, Mom, the glory of your life continues to say this. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there listening and those who even now are being called to mother wherever you are. Look to the ultimate namer, nurturer, and navigator and you will find everything you need to name, nurture, and help others navigate these peculiar but profound days. I believe with all my heart that we were born for such a time as this. Earth needs moms. Earth needs you. I'll talk to you soon.